Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. For a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services starting in January. Contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today. Hello and welcome to Business Matters here on Highland Radio. I'm Chris Ashmore. This evening my guest is Karen Murphy of Karen Murphy School of Speech, Drama and Communication in Letterkenny. Karen has been teaching speech and drama for many years, running her own school and also teaching students privately on an individual and small group basis. She also teaches adults and communications related classes and one-to-ones are an important part of her business too. Her courses have instilled a great deal of confidence and self-belief in many, many people. And much of what she does also has a fun element and can be very rewarding in all sorts of ways for the participants. Her work includes facilitating workshops with youth theatre groups, transition year students, post-primary students, third level students and women's groups and also in-service days for early years educators. She's a member of the Institute of Drama and Communication Teachers. Well, I began by asking her what exactly is Karen Murphy Speech, Drama and Communication? Well, firstly... Communications is quite a key word in the name of the business there. So that's something that I've always been passionate about, is the ability to communicate and articulate properly and correctly. So my journey, my story is lovely, and it's a great opportunity to tell it. I uh, worked for the uh, Irish Times newspaper for quite a number of years, nearly 14 years. In fact, Chris, I worked with your dad, as you know, and uh, I've often asked you about him as, as the years have gone on. So I worked in advertising and marketing. That was the area that I was in, and I absolutely loved it. And later, as the years went on, I had an opportunity to become a trainer And that was where I was actually teaching incoming staff how to communicate on the phones, how to basically how to sell. And, you know, we ran our own in-house course on on all of that. So we had trainers and I was appointed one of the trainers during a maternity leave absence. So I had a good long run at it. I think it was about nine months and I adored it. I remember at the time being introduced to Train the Trainer course and I remember Eat, Drink, Sleeping. I loved that particular course and I thought, my goodness, this is something I'm really interested in. And I suppose if I think back to my, as a youngster, and, and I know my sister and my brother will talk about this, is that deep down I think I always wanted to be in a teaching type of mode, but unfortunately I didn't get the points back then. But anyway, I went the long way around to getting to where I wanted to go. But... Um, Anyway, took on this role for the nine months and, as I say, absolutely loved it. And then, unfortunately, you know, obviously the person was coming back from maternity leave, so I therefore had to give up the role. And I remember thinking, going back to my old job, as much as I loved it and enjoyed it and all the rest, something kept eating away at me and thinking, there's more, there's more that I want to do here. And then, you'll remember, September the 11th happened and the planes went into the Twin Towers and we had that small... Um, downturn in the economy and there was kind of rumbles at that time that the Irish Times were letting people go and I thought oh gosh this might work well for me and that is exactly what happened so I took redundancy from the Irish Times and at the time then my family and I we came back to Donegal and Harry at the time 
was age three. So I kind of took a year out with him, you know, before he was kind of getting ready to go for school and everything and enjoyed all of that time. But then I had an opportunity to work with a company in Northern Ireland called Young Enterprise Northern Ireland. And that was where we went out and we, as trainers, we delivered programs to schools on entrepreneurial skills. And I thought I was made, I really, it was a super, super job. When I went into Young Enterprise in the Northwest alone, we were seeing about 4,000 students. And by the time I left four years later, we were up to 12,000 students. Now, it was hard going, Chris. You know, you were going out to schools and maybe in the morning, 100 students in a particular year group would do a program. And in the afternoon, another 100 students would do the same so program. give us an idea of what, what sort of programs would you have been doing? Um, well, there was an amazing one which was called, uh, you, you, you had to learn how to manage your money. So as a student, so we'd be kind of looking at what, what was called learn to earn. And you had to, you had to look at different jobs that maybe you wanted to do as a 14, 15 year old in the audience. And we would then look at, you know, what you'd like to spend your money on. And, you know, we looked at the cars and the houses and the lifestyle and all of that. And then they realized that obviously you need not an awful lot of money to have that kind of a lifestyle. So then as the course, we went through the course in the morning, they learned how to pair things back and how to budget. And that, I used to, the the contents of those courses were absolutely amazing. They came out of Oxford, Uni, London universities. They were written by lecturers over there. They were really, really well written, and they were well delivered by all of the trainers across the north and Northern Ireland. So at this stage, I suppose you realised that this was your forte was was Te- training and teaching. Teaching. Yeah. That that was exactly mm. it. And then and that's where I. Got the, the light bulb moment. I was um, in Thornhill, a fabulous school, just out, um, just slightly outside of the city, and I had a hundred girls in the morning. And Thornhill was really well set up for all of these type of lectures, and the fabulous room for this type of thing. And I remember, I remember how shy children were when I would ask them or students, you know, and I'd ask them to come up to the front to give a little bit of feedback. And in order for me to get the best out of them, I was almost like dramatizing it and helping them get through that. And that's where the light bulb went off and I went, hang on, I can do this for myself. So, so elaborate a little bit mm, on, on that. So what, what was the, so, the so seed? The seed, I suppose, then was the fact that I realized the, the, the lack of confidence that students had and that inability to stand up in front of a group of people. Now, no matter what age, the two things people are afraid of in life, one is public speaking and the other is dying. So I, I know that this is, you know, this is right across the board. But that moment realising when I was bringing my drama skills to the fore, to the, to, you know, bringing my drama skills in order to help these students to speak, that was the moment where I thought I need to go down this route again. So that's when I went back then to study my speech and drama and do all my teaching. And I was kind of quietly doing that whilst I was working in Young Enterprise to try and get over the line. And I was ready then for, uh, I think it was September 2006, I was ready to rock. And, and I haven't looked back since. So 2006 to 2016, 10 years in business. So we're now 2023 and and motoring on beautifully and you know I'm in a a lovely community of of speech and drama teachers inside here in Donegal but also right across the country we're a lovely community and we do support and help each other all of the time and you know if I find if my school or my classes are full you know I'll always recommend 
other drama schools. There's the McGrath School here in in town. There's Karen Gorman. There's Margot Keegan and Nicola Keegan. And there's there's just there's a lovely community of of drama teachers in the county. Now you, you've mentioned some other people there. People may be surprised just how many drama schools there are mm-hmm. and speech and drama related mm-hmm. schools. Uh, it's a it's a fairly niche market on the surface, mm-hmm. but anybody can get involved and absolutely. so it's mm-hmm. it's a huge audience yeah absolutely and that actually your opening questioning to me what exactly is it that you do in speech and drama so i literally i'm teaching from 9:30 in the morning right through to 7:30 in the evening monday to friday and it's and during covid i can tell you it was 7 days a week it was really really busy so in terms of who the audience is I'll give you a snapshot. So I work with Montessori or preschool, the ECCE program. So I work with three creches once a week, every week for 30 weeks of the year. That in itself is huge business, you know. And then I'll move on then into primary schools. So I'll go out to primary schools and deliver programs, maybe maybe a six-week program to an entire primary school. And then I go to secondary schools. Now, the secondary schools tend to be more in and a day and out in a day, uh, that type of thing. I don't, you know, sometimes I've worked with, you know, TY students and I've worked with them, say, over a six-week period. But I just found that a short snappy was was better with them, maybe in two mornings, uh, in on a Tuesday morning present in a following Tuesday morning of follow-up and that's usually enough for the TYs because they're so busy anyway yeah. with all that they're doing. So, and then there's adults as mm, well. Mm. And that was, I mean, that hugely came to the forefront during COVID. Um, I put an advert out there to work with because I realised that the amount of people hated speaking to camera, Chris, is yeah. huge. And so I put together a program and I was inundated, inundated with it. Just, I couldn't handle the amount of business that was coming in during that time. And I suppose people were sitting at home and therefore they went, well, and now is a good time to upskill. But then a lot of businesses were doing business online and then staff were having to possibly do presentations and they were very, very fearful of that. And I'm smiling here because I'm yes. looking at you and you're, you're using your hands as you it, talk. And that's all part of the skill when you're communicating oh, with people. Is. I mean, your mm. hand movement is, mm. is huge. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose yeah. it, it emphasizes yeah. what it is that you're yeah. going to say. But as I say to my own students, you have to have a happy balance between yeah. it as well. If you're, if you're in an audience and you're looking up at someone who is presenting and talking and their hand gestures are overused mm. or you have the... You have the different types of people that present those that keep their hands in their pockets and maybe, you know, their jingling change. That can be hugely distracting, you know. So so I am a, I'm a tough nut in that when I am watching people presenting, you know, I am critiquing in yeah. my head and going, oh, my goodness, what I could do there to improve that, you know. Now, before we mm. just go on and, and follow further tracks from that, yes. let's go, go back a little bit. Uh, you know, when you finish school, um, there was sort of a, a business gene in the family and, and it would have been an interest. Did you think like in school, I'm going to have my own business when I leave school? Was it ever the, the thought? Or? No, it wasn't actually. And it was, now my dad was in business and, and my brother has continued the business. We're Letterkenny tool hire at the mountaintop. No harm getting a wee plug in there. And, um, you know, like dad was in business and he, you know, he was also working in the hospital on the run into his retirement, and you know, he 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 worked hard. And 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 mum, when she was alive as well, she would have also 
you, you know, worked hard. I've many's the memory of, of my mum lifting very heavy, I think you call them demolition hammers, and she used to lift them up onto, you know, what was the, the counter and open them up and check them before she would give them out to various people as if they were like her children. You know, she became very involved in the business and, and worked very, very hard at it. So I, I suppose it's not... I didn't leave Letterkenny or leave Loretto and Letterkenny and go to Dublin and say I'm going to start a business. I, I, you know, I didn't. That wasn't. And I did. A, I did a business administration course. You know, it, and then I, I went and I worked for USIT International then, which was the Union of Students International Travel. So that was where we you all got your J ones, and it was where you the interrailing ticket. And my job there back in my early twenties was I was distributing the the. The student card, so I had to differentiate what, who genuinely should get a student card and who, in fact, was trying their hands. So I had to work out what was the, you know, who was giving me the right paperwork. And then I was let go from that company after nine months, and I was cheekers. I was shocked, Chris, that somebody would let me go, you know, and that was a big blow to the. To the heart, and off I went then, and I worked for an auctioneering firm out in Black Rock. Now, not housing; it was more the, you know, f- um, antiques fine and arts. fine arts and mm-hmm. that type of thing. And I uh, worked there, and actually, the beautiful, interesting story. He happened to be advertising with the Irish Times, and a couple of his ads had errors in them, and he was very cross about it, and more or less demanded that I get someone on the phone from the Irish Times to come and deal with this, and. Um, a lovely lady called Maeve Donovan came out and we talked and this is what we did in the old days, Chris. We, we networked and we talked and I just asked her straight out. I said, are there any jobs going in the Irish Times? And she said, why are you interested? And I said, yes, I am. And she said, well, you know, organize some time off. And the following week, the Aer Lingus interviews were coming up and I had already applied for those as well. So in the morning of a particular day, I can't remember now, it's so long ago, but on the morning of a, mor- a morning, I went out and I did the Aer Lingus interview out of Malahide, and that was a group interview, something that I had never experienced mm-hmm. in my life. So they were like getting rid of people. They would ask number four, number five to leave the room, and it was, it was like, I suppose, reality television, yeah. you know, back then. So uh, I got through a couple of rounds, but then I was asked to leave. And then I came into the centre of town, into Delaire Street, and did my interview, and literally was offered the job there and then. And at the time I was offered a job at the front reception desk. I wasn't, you know, asked to, to work in advertising, but then by the time the jo- it came round for me to begin, the... Uh, girl that was leaving reception wasn't leaving until a later date and they said to me what's your look at do you want to join the advertising team and I said go for it and, and I never looked back and that really you know I know you going back to the original question you know was there ever business there I, I don't I've always been interested in I suppose other people's businesses and and I remember one of the girls writing a beautiful letter to me when I left the Irish Times and she she wrote on it you know Karen I really feel there's a business in you and I've always kept that card, and it's amazing. You know, often people say, you know, what's said to you stays with you, or something that maybe a teacher has said to you in the past stays with you. And that, I still have that card, and I, I often read it. Great. But I don't know, as I say, I, I told you the light bulb moment, so yeah. that's where it all kind of. I've always been interested in communication, I've always been interested in. You know how difficult it is to communicate on a telephone call? 
versus you and I sitting here and chatting across the table. You know, on a telephone call, you really have to explain in pictures what it is that you're trying to get across. And I got very good at doing that. And that is a very specific mm. skill. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, and therefore, I don't know, I'm, I'm always, I've always been interested yeah. in communication. Just going back to use it briefly. Uh, yes. Older listeners may recall, I mean, use it was, was the body for all the students. And if you look at things, and no doubt in those days, the office work, there was a lot of office work. There was yes. no internet. There was no applying right. online for things. Mm-hmm. And everybody went through, through use it. That would have been a very good experience from, from an office point of view. It was. Um, I was very taken with the uniform, though. We were allowed to wear jeans and a T-shirt. And back then, I don't know, that was sort of wasn't the way I was, I don't know, brought up or whatever. I always thought, you know, I remember spending one of my first paychecks actually from the newspaper was in a was in a designer coat. And I loved it because it was like a Mac. And I don't know, it was something that was kind of synonymous with newspaper business was the Mac coat. So I, th- I had this fabulous coat that I had bought. So I was always wanting to be dressing up and I love clothes and I love fashion. So to be working in an environment where it was jeans and t-shirts back a long time ago, I don't want to say many years now, Chris, on, on radio, but it, it, it was different. It was a very, very cool environment, very different to any other office that I had looked in at. And at the time when you were there, did you think, you know, I could be here for the rest of my working life? Of course I did. I thought, you know, and they flew us down to Shannon for our Christmas party. So I thought, I made it here. This is it. But sure, look, the way our journeys have gone, or the way my journey has gone, it's a different direction altogether. So, an interesting journey so far. Mm -hmm. After the break, we'll uh, hear a little bit more in detail about what's going on these days at Karen Murphy Speech, Drama and Communications. Business Matters is in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. If you're looking for a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today. Welcome back. This is Business Matters on Highland Radio with Chris Ashmore. My guest this evening is Karen Murphy of Karen Murphy School of Speech, Drama and Communication in Letterkenny. Before the break, Karen was telling me about her early working days and how the seeds were sown to start her own business and her light bulb moment. Now, Karen, we've heard a little bit about uh, your career path We're now speaking here today in the Rossview Business Park, where Karen Murphy Speech, Drama and Communications has its HQ. Mm -hmm. You're doing something in the region of 25 plus classes a week, long hours being put in. And so tell us a little bit about the types of classes that uh, you are offering here. Right. Okay. So um, here at, at the... At Rossview Business Park is where we'd run speech and drama classes, which is primarily for the students for after school. So the type of thing that we would be running here would be the children would sign up and they'd be signing up for the 30 weeks of the year. So at different times of the year, we have different things happening. So, for example, we're just coming out of Halloween. So from September to Halloween, we've worked on Halloween recitals and that's where we've worked on short plays and we've worked on individual poetry pieces. And with that, 
comes huge feeling of achievement for students because they're learning to act in an environment where they've got to listen to each other's cues, watch each other's body language, see how they're going to react to the different lines that someone else delivers. And, and they learn that each time that they practice that they might say a line completely different. You know, they might put a different intonation or might have a different expression or a different emphasis on a word. And they play around with that a little bit. And I will comment and say, gosh, I really like the way you said that line that time. And then that type of thing gives the children confidence. And then they might try it out a different way and they might add a gesture the next time. So love having the opportunity to work on short plays. And poetry is fabulous because the poetry can bring them to a new level because they're actually speaking on their own, Chris, and this is where a lot of confidence will come in. And I pick a lot of poetry that is, you know, Ken Nesbitt, the type of thing the kids really identify with and that they don't mind learning because it rhymes and that the words are fun to say. Um, I bring you back to your junior cert days on a Does that ring a bell for you? No? No. <laughs> no, okay. So it would be a figure of speech. And it's, that's when you make words sound like they're meaning. But you remember then your, your um, magazines or the cartoon mm. magazines that you would have read maybe as a youngster. You know, you've got the boom, crash, yeah. bang. You have all those words that are highlighted. Well, that's a really good example of making words sound like they're meaning. So kids from the time they're age seven, they'd be very familiar with that word in my class, maybe even younger. Uh, we might not be able to spell it, but they certainly be able to get their head around what it means. So being able to say words and make them sound like their meaning and maybe add gestures to them down the line, that's where the confidence comes in. And then it's a little bit like, I suppose it's a little bit like a drug. You know, you get that, love that feeling of standing up and performing. And I would, in class, I would often say, who'd like to go first? And you'd have a plethora of hands, everybody wanting to, to jump up, which is great. Would mm. you find that... There's quite a lot of parents who maybe don't appreciate what you can offer their children by coming along and doing a class because you've mentioned their confidence and this mm -hmm. is a great way of boosting mm -hmm. confidence. Mm -hmm. And maybe a lot of older people, you know, they didn't have this opportunity yeah. and you've got into schools and you've, the whole area has grown. Yeah. No, Chris, I disagree with you there. The parents are 100% on board and they completely get it. And that's probably the main reason that nearly every drama school in the country is booked out because, you know, you can, and I'm a big advocator and I, I promote, you know, go to your dance classes, go to your swimming classes, go to your sport, go to all of the things that you go to. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're a youngster is, you know, not able to put their hand up in class and say, sorry, miss, I don't understand that. Or if the teacher asks you to read aloud in class, and, you know, often there's situations where, you know, you know, parents have written to teachers and have said, you know, please don't ask her or him to read in class. They're not comfortable with that. So that's huge to get over that. We now have what they call classroom based assessments in secondary school. I don't know whether you're aware of that, but from second year and third year, the students have to stand up within their peer group and, and do a little presentation. That's caused a lot of anxiety for both parents and for students. And unfortunately, there is, it doesn't carry an awful lot of points in, in the junior cert, but it carries a lot of anxiety for students who haven't been involved in speech and drama. Those that have been involved sail through it. And in, in, in a lot of cases, what they have used in what they've used for, say, their public speaking exams 
you know, a content that they've used for public speaking, they've been able to use in their classroom-based assessments. Excuse me. <coughs> so, um, it, it, it's it. I I believe that the the parents they they are one hundred percent behind what we do in speech and drama. Now, this is an extracurricular activity. Mm-hmm. It can add so much to one's life by doing this sort of a course. But if we compare it with the the Leaving Cert or the Junior Cert and you get your points at the end of them and it helps you get into courses and you go on to college. But this whole area in the Republic of Ireland, it's not perhaps getting the recognition that it should. Mm. This is actually a big issue for me. It's massive. as I said, I big time encourage students to get involved in so much extracurriculum, particularly the tra- transition year students. I, you know, I'm always saying to them, get you know, say no to nothing, say yes to everything, and get involved in everything. And whilst the content of everything that children have been involved in over the years, like their swimming, their dancing, their football, sport, all of that, they can write all of that down in a personal statement. Um, but that will only get acknowledged in the world of UCAS, which is the Northern Ireland Department of Education in Northern Ireland and in the UK. We here in Southern Ireland, CAO system, Central Applications Office, it's points or nothing. And it's just the leaving cert or the junior cert, you're going to college, nothing. That's, that's so the Karen Murphy speech, drama and communications class that Johnny or Julie has done there's no points for that. There's no points for that, yeah. Now, we do have a little bit of news um, from Karen Murphy's Speech and Drama. And again, this is something that I have been toying with for a long, long time. And it's in, I'm in trialling it at the moment. So I have been with an examining board in Dublin for the past 18 odd years. And just this year, I'm trialling a new system in the north, uh, which is called a new company, a new exam. Well, not a, they're not new examining board. They're new to me. They're called New Era. And we're going to trial this on January the 20th, Chris, and all of my students uh, from sort of fourth class upwards will be doing a public speaking exam. The students that are in second year, third year and in transition year, they will be participating in what we call a bronze, silver and gold medal award, of which is intrinsically connected to the UCAS system. And students, in fact, will be able to gain points. So this is, it is massive news. It's its really, really big. And I'm so excited about it. I'm nervous about it because it's, you know, you know, when you try something new, you're not sure what way it's going to go. But the students are really, you know, they're excited about it. And, and I suppose this is another thing that sometimes you find speech and drama when you get to first year, sixth class first year, sometimes second year, it's not the coolest activity to be going to, you know, and and parents will, you know, they, they that's why I'm saying to you, they really see the benefit in this, they really want to keep their students at it, and often I would get a message to say, oh, well, Karen, I'm, I'm struggling to get her to go, or I'm struggling to keep her at it, or whatever it is, and a funny thing, when I presented this to my second, third years and transition year students, oh my goodness, they were on it like big time. And, you know, they were saying, really, I can actually get UCAS points in second year. And and I said, yes, you can. Now, there's a, there is a new system coming in in the CAO. And, and I'm not 
100% clear about it, but it will be to do with transition year students. One of the teachers in Deal College mentioned it to me, and it's uh, something to do with STEM, and but it's something to do with girls in particular, and they can actually gain extra UCAS points. So we need to we need to investigate that a little bit more. But apart from that, you know, any extracurriculum is not acknowledged by the Irish government, unfortunately, and masses of money spent on extracurriculum activity and. It's really important, though, too, because, you know, employers out there, they're, they're not necessarily looking for that student that, that comes with huge academia. They're looking for a student that can fit into their team. So they're looking for someone who's got all of these other soft skills, uh, communication being one of them. But they also want to see, you know, have they been, you know, have they been involved in things yeah. during school? And and if you talk to someone who's involved in sports, I mean, there's many g- girls and boys that I have in here, and particularly the swimming, telling me that they were up at five and six o'clock in the morning to go and swim. Gee, that takes huge dedication, commitment. What employer doesn't want that? You know, so at least the students will get to talk about that when they get to an interview stage. But it's not acknowledged on the getting into university. It's very much academic and Mm. we need to look at the whole Mm. life skills Mm. and common sense. And Mm. what what do you... Well, I suppose we should should say there that, you know, the um, SOLAS or ETB are particularly good at looking at all of this area and they you know it, it, there's you've heard yourself there's so many different routes into university now you, do, you know what I mean if you don't get the points there's a stepping stone and there's a there's a journey and a route for everybody so that that is I will we have to hand our own department of education credit for that but it's I still think we've we've a long way to go to be on par with the UK and Northern Ireland system where they give you points for doing extracurriculum you know the ballet. The girls that do ballet, they will also get UCAS points um, if they're if they're. Um, you know, I mentioned Zona Dance here. I know that they're examining um, body is is a UK based and particular grades will get UCAS points. Piano, if that's to the London Academy of Music, again they'll get points. So there are certain things out there that are giving UCAS points, but not not everybody. So. From a, a business perspective, and mm. you set up your own business uh, from small beginnings, we're in your offices here in uh, Frostview Business Park. Um, over the years, when you've when you've expanded and you've decided to do more classes, you know how much uh, has there been a, a big risk there for you? Have you had to invest much? Have you had to sort of weigh up all the pros and cons mm. before you venture forward and? No doubt there's been big steps along the way and yeah. a few hurdles as well. Yeah. You know, I did think about the, the scale up or leave everything as it is. And, you know, it's, it isn't broken. It's working very well. I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of, I suppose, the legacy that's there. And if, if I was to die in the morning, Chris, I would die very, very happy. Because I'm, I absolutely love what I do. Um, if I could share a story with you recently, I've had a, a, a student, well, not recently, I suppose about 12 months ago now, out of the, the blue, and, and I get lots of these out of the blue spontaneous messages, but this particular girl uh, was on her way, she was on her way back from Coleraine. She'll probably know who she is now when she hears this. And she just sent a message to say, I'm on my way home, just want to let you know, did an amazing presentation today, absolutely nailed it, 
etc etc and I was like oh my gosh this is fantastic and sent her back a message to say how proud I am but if we roll back this would have been one of my students that would have been very nervous about coming in you know staying with speech and drama on the run into secondary school and and worried that she was going to have too much homework and, and all the rest but that same girl came back to me I think at the end of first year beginning of second year and went I'm really sorry I gave up will you please take me back and then to receive this message you know, whilst in third level, this is this is massive for me. Yeah. You know, for just students, because at, at thirteen or fourteen, you your mum and your dad does know best, but you don't think no. they do, and therefore you don't feel the speech and drama is the right place for you. Um, but it's 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 down the line when they see the benefit of these things coming through is 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 what it's about. Well, it started off in, in Newton Cunningham, and, or sorry, yeah, Newton Cunningham and Manor Cunningham, and then a um, business person in town phoned me and said, uh, gosh, you're doing great stuff, you know, would you not come on into Letterkenny? And, uh, and I said, do you know what, I will, you know, I just needed somebody to sort of say it to me. Um, and I never really worried about, I, yes, I suppose I did start off small scale and, and I suppose it was enough to manage. Harry at the time was going to primary school, so I suppose the smaller the better. And then as he got on into secondary school and was probably able to manage himself a bit more, um, particularly secondary school because he was in St. Eunan's and I was based in the Mount Errigal Hotel, which in fact I kind of still am a little bit based there because the guys have been so good to me over there. It was kind of hard to leave, um, but a lot of the, the leaving was kind of coming and going over COVID. Should I leave? Should I not? Could I stay? Will I do my own thing? All of that type of thing. And uh, we still have gone back to the Mount Errigal just Halloween there to do Halloween recitals, which was fantastic. And we also do all our exams over there as well. So I suppose getting my own premises is been lovely uh, you know having my own classroom per se you know it's probably come full circle for me I don't have to haul as much stuff with me um, I can go you know I can go out to schools I go out to as I say the Montessori's go out to primary go out to secondary uh, so I, like I'm, I'm probably scaled now as far as I can scale uh, unless you start taking on you know yeah. other and then you lose a little bit of control I mean you, mm. you can do what you want mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. a degree yes. where you want yeah. Yeah. well I have I, I have the most amazing sub teachers mm. you know because I do take time off Chris so I have you know past pupils that work with me um, Una Quinn works with me here in Letterkenny um, Una's just um, had a got her master's this week and then Emma Rose Callahan out in Newton she helps me and then I have transition year students that come in and they all do their gashka with me and that means that they they'll help me with the class they'll help me with their teaching and you know their learning so I, I often say to them though when they start off TY this is payback time now you know for all the work that I've been doing with you over the years so yeah, I haven't. I have enough. I th you know, I'm happy out where I'm at. I don't feel the need to be. You know, I'm very lucky to do. I feel very blessed and very lucky to do what I do. And as I say, if I was taken out in the morning, I'm okay. going happy, girl. Mm. Now, if you look back and how the business evolved and developed, there are people like you who may have had a thought. Yeah, I want to do this, but they haven't made that leap of faith. Mm -hmm. To go into business on your own, it's it's a big move. You and need to lonely. have confidence. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's lonely. You can mm -hmm. have a lot of long hours. There can be a lot of paperwork. You're doing things that maybe you hadn't even thought 
you would have mm-hmm. to do. Um, would you have any sort of particular advice to somebody who, who has an idea, but maybe they're just humming and hawing and mm-hmm. they just don't have the confidence to, yeah. to go and try it? Yeah, and I acknowledge that worry, mm-hmm. you know, because I did have that worry as well. And I suppose what I would be suggesting people do is maybe keep two things going at the one time and that's what I did and then I realised that the the revenue or the money that I was able to make in speech and drama had suddenly was pairing off what I was making in the full time work and that made, it was when, when I hit that moment I thought oh hang on a second I need to make a, I need to make a move here so I, d- I didn't jump in Chris I, I would I was a wee bit more toe in the water yeah toe in the water definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. so that, that would be my advice to people yeah. is you know because it is it is a big worry to, to jump in there and and you have to love what you're doing, oh, which is, which is key. Well, yeah. what is it they say? You know, yeah. do the job that you love and you yeah. never feel that like you work today in your life. And things that you like doing yourself, events play a big part in your life, uh, mm. being an MC. I love that. that. Yeah, yeah. I've, had, I've had lovely opportunities to do that. I've worked with the Celtic Feast, which is down in Ingrainham. Uh Well, that no longer is, is going now, but that was, that was a fabulous opportunity. And I think that was back in, I suppose, twenty. 13, 2014, I can't remember the actual dates, but that was lovely. That was where we, you know, ran a, uh, it was a lovely event, Irish dancing and storytelling and music. And a lot of the people that came to that were were visitors, you know, they were on their journey through the Wild Atlantic Way and they, they stopped off at the Celtic Feast. So we had a lovely time meeting people from different parts of the world and speaking to them and welcoming them. And they always loved their names mentioned on the stage and where they had come from. So loved all of that. And then we had the Wild Atlantic Women with our Brie, our breeding car, and I co-presented that with Anya Curran from um, Radio Nagaltica, and that was lovely. And then the most recent one would be working with the Chamber of Commerce, the Chamber of Commerce Awards. So again, this will be going into my third year now to do that. The first year we were during COVID, so it was a very low-key affair. And then last year we were all let loose with our beautiful ball gowns and what have you. And Now, following on from that, and we've, mm. we've mentioned COVID, touched on it. Um, mm. For a lot of people, that accelerated their, their online presence. Mm-hmm. In, in your own case... Uh, you do quite a bit now of online and you had to develop a website and mm-hmm. so tell us briefly sort of how, how that has moved on yeah, oh, yeah. well I'll <laughs> tell you the moment it happened <laughs> I remember driving back from Arklow in County Wicklow and talking to my dad at the time who's now no longer with us and he says to me I wouldn't worry about this he said it'll be gone in two weeks and I said oh, I'm not sure dad I, said, I think this is going to be around for a little while longer so I came home and started and I am um, IT, it doesn't sit with me at all. I wouldn't be good at that end of things. I have post or past drama students that help me out with my IT. But I also work with an amazing company called ITIS. I don't know whether you've come across them. Uh, Dr. Claire Ryan and her crew, they're fantastic. They were amazing bunch of people that helped me uh, during COVID. Um, so I came home from Arklow and started investigating Skype and various things. And there was... A drama student based in Newton Cunningham called um, Ellie, who sent me a private message and went, what are we going to do? How are we going to cope? We don't have drama class. And I said, we'll get a drama class. We'll get something up and running. And uh, she and I spent up until the 17th of March, which was St. Patrick's Day, trying to figure out. She was at home and I was using her as my guinea pig student to see if I could get students up online. 
And really, if you knew how technophobic I am, Chris, you would be so proud of what we did. I think I was probably one of the first drama students across, or drama teachers, I should say, across the whole of Ireland to embrace online. And then I, I brought reams of people with me. Um, and we, we were all really, really successful. It, it, it worked extremely well. Now, it's not that I want to go back to it. You know, it was a tough time and some students did find it very difficult. But for the most, I sold it to them as in, guys, down the line, you're going to have to do your interview. You're going to have to do pre-interviews online before you actually get inside a building of a company. And I know um, Primerica, which was um, this Tada now, I think it's the name of the company, they would very much do their screening by the the online. So I kept saying to them, this is another skill that you're going to learn. So, you know, go for it. Um so, yeah, no, we went for it and we pretty much, you know, that first run from the March right through to the summer, we were there online Then we took a break. Then we came back and we thought we'd be flying again. And unfortunately, by the October, we were back down in lockdown. So we did right round the October, right round to the May. We had a, practically a full year online. And that was, we had a lot of fun, though, too. You know, there's some really, really good memories. Some of the children really went above and beyond the call of duty. You know, when we would suggest things, we did plays online. We did their public speaking online. They did all their exams online as well. So we really went at it. And as I say, I went down the route of working with adults as well. The adults that you deal with, and again, getting back to public mm. speaking, uh, it can be make such a difference to somebody if they can get up and mm. talk and be it presenting something for their own business, selling a mm. product or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's it's huge area. And it, it takes a big step for someone to knock on the door and say, will you please help me? And And I've helped several people going for interviews right across the board you know um it might what's fantastic is when somebody comes to you and they say i have a plan in place there is an interview coming up and we have about six weeks that's music to my ears it's when someone rings me and says i have an interview next friday you know my schedule is is booked out from week to week and trying to and i i find that i'm i end up working a lot of late hours for that type of thing now i've been much better this year, much better since September, taking time out for myself and not working as many hours. But yes, I am available to help people, but give me plenty of notice. And on that point, mm. when you do take time out, how do you switch off? What's oh, gosh, your... that's a good question. Can I tell you another lovely story? So being a newspaper man, you would be familiar with uh, Celine McGlynn from the Finn Valley. Or Finn Valley Post, isn't Finn it? Finn Valley Voice. Finn Valley Voice, even. Yeah. Sorry, Celine. Um, Celine was doing some art classes during COVID. And I loved art in school. But the minute I did my leaving cert, I left my paintbrushes and all my stuff behind me. And that was that. So I started dabbling with her during, um, during COVID. And then we all got back to work and we all got back into the rat race. And then Celine came to me because she was doing a documentary for um, TV and said, will you give me a little bit of help speaking to camera and what have you? And I said, I'd love to. So did that. And the question came at the end, what do I owe you? And I said, you know what? You don't owe me anything. <laughs> I said, it's a bit controversial. And I said, but could we do a wee barter? And I said, will you please teach me more art like you did during COVID? So that's what I'm doing to, on, the, on the downtime. Um, I also love going out for dinner. I love dressing up. I love all of that. Uh, I love walking and have recently joined a gym. 
Great. Which is something I never thought mm. was going to happen, but really, really enjoying that. And I find that when you're when you're lifting weights and that type of thing, you can do yeah. nothing but think about the two H. 8 kgs that are over your head <laughs> so I'm small time I don't lift very heavy but it's something that I've, I'm enjoying at the moment mm. and we look forward to seeing your first uh, art exhibition oh lord <laughs> I won't go there <laughs> finally Karen um, the business climate uh, it's never easy there's always mm-hmm. going to be hurdles put in front of you but uh, overall you know is Ireland a good place for small business do you feel I think so I, I, I suppose for me in particular, you know, parents will always put their children first. And 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 being a mummy myself, you know, and you, a dad, all you want is the best for your kids and you want to help them along the way. And it isn't easy. It is getting very difficult for kids to navigate school. And, and the problem is this, which is the mobile phone I'm holding in my hand. Um, that has taken over their heads, their minds, their time. And, you know, I think that... People know, or parents know, that we in the speech and drama world can help with all of that. So from from my point of view, business is very good. I have a waiting list, and uh, long may it last, long may that be the way. I know, you know, there are other businesses that maybe, you know, are struggling a little. And, and I suppose what I would be saying to them there is, you know, to reach out to people that can, can help you in that area. I would I'd be remiss of me not to mention the people that have inspired me along the way. And uh, Evelyn McGlynn, Evelyn McMarketing, has been one of those. She's been pushing me along the way. She says I inspire her, and but it, it, it works both ways. We, we often take ourselves off on what we call creative days. And we go off and we have tea and cake and we talk about ideas and things. And I spark ideas for her and she sparked ideas for me. So I, I think if you're in business and you're struggling, you know, reach out to other people in business. Go and for a coffee, go for a chat. And surround yourself with, with other positive people. people. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Karen Murphy of Karen Murphy Speech, Drama and Communications. Many thanks for joining us on Business Matters. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to Business Matters on Highland Radio with Chris Ashmore. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me on businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. For a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services starting in January. Contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today.